Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagir, by far. He was my favorite player. Well, all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk back. All right. Good guys talk back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, episode 2. We are at Wednesday, December 12th, 2018. And the last day of the winter meetings. Uh, with me is my man Jeff Julian. Hello, sir. Hello. How I'm, are you? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. I think we got some good stuff. <laughs> Lots today to, to talk, talk about. about. Yeah. Uh, I am, of course, of Nick Morawski. This is your White Sox fan-centric podcast, keeping it uh, blue collar. I'm coming from that die-hard Sox point of view. Uh, Jeff is a uh, is a Sox fan, but he also dabbles. Uh, in the Cubs Kool Aid, is that a good way? To, is that a good way to say it? I, I I think it is, and without getting too deep in, and maybe that's like an origin story down oh, down like down the line. Like so that. I'll sure. you know let's keep it mm-hmm. let's keep it a teaser, and then in a future episode I'll explain how this how this happened. I I can't wait. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for coming back to us. Uh, hopefully, you're getting your white sacks fixed in a lot of different ways, but. Uh, I think we're going to come at this thing uh, in a very fan-centric uh, point of view. Uh, we've got we've got the winter meetings wrapping up uh, today. I think the morning they might spend some time together in, in Vegas. We're going to hit on some things that have uh, happened and have not happened uh, for the Sox. Uh, but really, the, the big thing that took place uh, on Sunday was uh, Harold Baines uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's right. Huge. It's a thing. And it's, I think it was a thing. <laughs> I think it was something that we were surprised by. Yeah. A lot of people were surprised. If you're outside of Cook County and you do not follow the Sox, you were you are just hit in the head with this news. Yeah. You could not believe it. If you're a, a diehard Sox fan or a passive Sox fan, you kind of you kind of shook your head and like I could see that that makes sense. What may be even more stunning was the counter reaction oh, to man. the news, especially nationally. Wow. And, and Lee Smith was also part of yeah, this sure. announcement, and both of them were just widely panned yeah. as good baseball players, but not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. Right, and you know. We we talked a little bit of off off air, some text back and forth, and uh, I, this has been a barroom uh, discussion for many years uh, around Harold Baines and a, f- and a few other players. But you know this new committee that the Hall of Fame has uh, created, I think it's called today's today's game, and uh, you know they're the ones that voted, and Harold got uh, what twelve out of sixteen votes, seventy five percent, and you know. Uh, all this voting and this is all subjective. It's all subjective. You know, we're, we'll we'll go over some Harold Baines numbers and we'll go over the character of Harold Baines and you know why I think a lot of uh, experts and, and folks that are in the know uh, went crazy on Monday. Uh, but 
you know, as a diehard Sox fan, I have no problem with this, and I can't wait to honor him this coming season. I mean, his name's been hanging up in the up in the rafters, so to speak, at Sox Park since '89. I yeah. mean, number three's been retired for a long time. He's been an ambassador for a long time. He was a first base coach, you know, for several years with the 2005 World Series championship team. Yeah, you know, I, I, I want you hear some of these stats, and I want to get into the stats. But it feels like to Sox fans, it's like here we go again. You know, we get overlooked as an organization constantly. Here's a guy that if he was wearing a Yankees jersey or a Red Sox jersey, I don't think we might be having this conversation. You know, we're playing second fiddle again, and there weren't a lot of eyes on him perhaps as a player because he made, he didn't play for very many good White Sox teams. Right. And, and you're looking solely at his numbers, his, his numbers on paper, and that's where this big uh, this big reaction comes from. Yeah, I mean, 22 years in the league, he was without a doubt a White Sox Hall of Famer, right? I mean, he was Mr. Sox. Yeah, he was he was a legend there. I think the question that's being asked nationally is good enough. Was he good enough over the course of those 22 years to be worthy of honor in in the Hall of Fame? And as you said, especially with this today's game committee. It, it's extremely subjective. It's X number of folks that are, and th- three of them had uh, pretty close ties to mm-hmm. oh, yeah. to Baines and extremely the, close and, and and the White Sox. So, you know, you take that for what it's worth. You look at his numbers. You know, two eighty nine batting average, career three hundred eighty four homers, sixteen hundred plus RBIs, pretty good WAR. I mean. You need to get war out of there, though. I'm sorry. You have to take war out okay. because war factors defense. And he played a majority of his games at DH. Okay. And that's, Fair. I think, the problem Fair. right Fair. now. But, but okay, but still, do you look at his offensive numbers and say, wow, that's a Hall of Famer? And again, and we're going to talk about this, what is a Hall of Famer? Sure, sure. What does it mean? I, I mean, if you go with the... The, the typical answer, which is uh, 300 average, it's 3,000 hits, it's 500 home runs, it's 300 wins for a pitcher. You know, that's not written anywhere. There is no, there's no Hall of Fame voting handbook that says you got to hit these types of numbers. There's no computer program that when you put uh, stats into it, it spits out a thumbs up or a thumbs down. This is all subjective. And, I, okay, maybe his numbers – you know, aren't jumping off at you. But when you look at the the amount of time he potentially lost with the strike, okay, so he went through two baseball strikes, two two opportunities to increase on his hit total. I think he missed like 140-something games. That could factor in to getting him over the 3,000 hits. Do you even factor that in, the shoulda, woulda, coulda? I don't know that you can factor that in because then you have to take that against all those other players that were affected by that, and that might move the numbers for uh, Hall of Famers that are in front of him in, in numbers. Sure. As you said, uh, you know, taking a look at hits, he's top 50 all-time. He's number 46 in 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 hits but he played a long time right so you know that that factors into that good or good or bad are you coming in from the like that he should have more hits because he played longer 
I wonder about that. I mean, isn't that the same thing where you look at? I mean, so I'm trying to look at these at these numbers. I think right there's now. something to be said that he played that long, for sure. But if you looked at somebody who only played 15 seasons and had 100 more hits than him or 200 more hits than him versus him having that number at at double the seasons, yeah. does, you know how how do you well? If you really that. want to get into the weeds, then you start thinking about what's the quality of pitching that these people faced. Give me the list of the ERAs of these pitchers that these folks got these hits from in a short amount of time. Yeah. Maybe Baines was facing tougher pitching. Look at yeah. the division. Look at the AL West and the AL Central. You know, in the years that uh, Baines was uh, playing, and then look at the AL West when he was with Oakland, and, and you know, all over the place. Look at the quality of pitching. If you really want to think about that. And I don't think, you know, that's not what this Hall of Fame's all about. I mean, I, I think you've you've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. It, the, at the end of the day, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's in. It's not like right. any of this is going to remove him no. from the Hall of Fame. No, but I think the question becomes then, what is the Hall of Fame for? Oh, right? that's a big question. Sure. I mean, so, and there's PD players that aren't in the Hall of Fame because they uh, were either suspected of or evidence shows that they did use PEDs, but they're, and, and you know who we're talking about. Yeah, 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 Bonds yeah. is the easiest yeah. uh, is the easiest one to talk about because Bonds, you can clearly look at him and say pre-PED, post-PED, and pre-PED, he was arguably on his way to the Hall of Fame. He had already done enough sure. to, to, to be a Hall of Fame player. It was player. the money, though. It was those enticing well, yeah. contracts. And I don't want to get into sure. like a discussion about Bonds. Thank uh, you. Specifically, I just mean that, you know, so you, you've got that piece, right? Then you've got always the Ty Cobb argument where does a bad player reputationally or because sure. of what yeah. he does or who he was or because he was a racist or, or was this or that, yeah. do they belong in the Hall of Fame? And then you've got... Then, then you've got the very obvious folks that the numbers, everything, clearly they belong in a Hall of Fame or a Hall of the Great or the Hall of whatever. And then you've got this gray area where Baines is at, where it's about all the little things you were talking about, sure. the time frame, the this and the that. And then the question becomes, is the Hall of Fame supposed to be exclusive or does it, is it better for your game when there's more people in the well, Hall of Fame? Good points, and I know where you're going with this because one of the gray areas, one of the biggest gray areas is the DH, okay? DH came around in the early 70s, uh, American League's using it. Baines happens to be in the American League. At the end of his career, he plays more games uh, as a DH than as an outfielder, okay? Well, if DH is part of the game, right? all right, well, then you have to recognize somebody that was playing – is a DH, mm-hmm. not necessarily a position player. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people knew what to do with that because they couldn't like they couldn't quantify. They couldn't give it a war or a jaws or whatever these, you know, acronyms are. They couldn't give it a, a quantifiable number. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what do we do? Well, I guess you just don't let him in mm-hmm. because he wasn't able to play uh, an actual position and hit. No, 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 no. Major League Baseball said he was fine because of the DH rule. You know, yeah. And, Baines is 65 on uh, top 60. He's 65 all time in home runs for another 
stat for you. 384, Dwight Evans, one homer above him. Larry Walker, one homer after him. Here's – well, and then there was one alarming, really in, interesting, and a, alarming in a good way that I saw uh, stat-wise for Baines. He had 25 home runs one season. He was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. That That's a lot of home runs as a 40-year-old. So, I mean – yeah, uh, you should be in the Hall of Fame just for that stat alone. <laughs> you know, because all these all these other arguments are ridiculous to begin with. Why can't I make another ridiculous? <laughs> now you've got something that you know, we were talking a little bit before the episode about really you know, essentially what the Hall of Fame is. Who who is this for? Well, right. So you know, we talked about is it is it very much a historical document of the best of your sport or is it something that attracts new people or invigorates them with information about your sport? And so it should be the greatest, but it also kind of captures mm-hmm. other things that, that happened. And so in that case, you might want to be more inclusive, allow more players in because yeah. it gives you an opportunity Makes to showcase sense. the game in the offseason mm-hmm. versus being so strict that maybe there's times when nobody gets in yeah. or – you know, you keep very popular players out because maybe they are, they're missing in one category or something. But what really bothers me is when somebody gets into the Hall of Fame posthumously, mm-hmm. at, you know, mm-hmm. at, and, and because I feel like, yes, it's for the sport, but it's it's for the player, too. Yeah. And, and, and in recognizing the player, don't you want to recognize the living yeah. and not the dead? Yeah. And, the thing, the the one that bothers me most recently, and and I wasn't a fan of him as a player, but Ron Santo getting mm-hmm. in uh, after the fact, like what changed right. from when he <laughs> stopped playing to yeah. when he passed away? Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden it was, oh well, now he's he's definitely a, a Hall of Fame player. And when I say I wasn't a fan of of his, it, it's it's just that fan in that I didn't watch him, I didn't see him, I I, yeah. I couldn't root for him, so I can't necessarily. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, he was a broadcaster when I, when I was sure. aware of him. You so, saw the numbers, you know, but so, yeah, but it's like, that seems so unfortunate for him, for his family. Right, 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 right. If he's a hall of famer, give it to him while he's still alive. Yeah. Give it to him when he can still sign those baseball cards and yeah. throw HOF on, on, yeah. on the end of it. What else is it good for? Uh, for a guy who, um, you know, was so, uh, loved by so many, and you know, did not go to a World Series. Doesn't have a World Series championship. Um, you know, yeah, I agree with you. What changed in that short amount of time? Um, I think it's just a shame for the team, for the team's fans, and for the player and yeah. his family personally. And it, I, it, you uh, know, it's also a monetary thing too. Sure. The difference between going to a baseball card show yeah. and signing your name yeah. as Nick yeah. Murawski yeah. or Nick Murawski HOF. I don't know what the number is, but I got to assume that's, that makes a difference. I don't have to worry about it, but it does sound pretty cool. Um, <laughs> we'll get into your baseball career in another episode. Um, well, I think we solved all the problems right there. Um, Baines is going in, you know, we could, this could have been a multi-episode uh, show. All right. Sox hall of famers. Let me just read this list to you, Go okay? Yeah. And maybe there's somebody you want to take out. There's one that I definitely want to add, but go ahead. Okay, or somebody you want to yeah. add. So some of these players, I have no idea, but um, so these are five seasons or more. Eddie Collins. Great guy. Ed Walsh. 
Ted Lyons, mm-hmm. Ray Schalk, Red Faber, Luke Appling, Harry Hooper, love mm-hmm. the name, Early Wynn, I like that name too, yeah. Luke Aparicio, Hoyt Wilhelm, Nellie Fox, George Davis, mm-hmm. Carlton Fisk, Goose Gossage, yeah. Frank Thomas, sure. Tim Raines. Yeah, I don't understand. You're, those are all great. Those were great late baseball players. Uh, I I'm not saying any of them should fantastic. go out. I'm just saying in case I, I, you want to take somebody out. Those are some ancient out. names in that list. What about Rock? When 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 you and I'm not saying to take him out, but I'm saying why is or or is Rock's claim to the Hall of Fame stronger than Harold's? Well, I think it was the. Um, you know, how he changed the game with his ability to steal bases. Right. You know, um, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even, he, he didn't go in as a white sock though, you know, so that's true. You know, it could have been just the commission wanting another expo, um, in the hall. Of Fame. I, I don't know. You know, like we can, we can go at this. Ken Griffey Jr. is on this list. <laughs> Although he played, he's well, in the four seasons or, or, or fewer. Category. I tell you what, those the are Sox, some Hall of Fame Sox, seasons. You with know, the Sox. The, the Sox marketing t- tries to take advantage of every opportunity, but I think that's a stretch to claim Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, you don't think those seasons put him over the top in the <laughs> seasons? It was like eight weeks. Santos uh, on this list too. He played for them he in '74. The, uh, the question with Baines is, you know, he's in. He's he's going to the Hall of Fame. What what logo on on the plaque? What Sox logo? Can we get that detailed? Because, you know, the Hall of Fame committee, they pick the hat. And then yeah. they, you know, they, they kind of clear it with the player. But what logo, what Sox logo are you going to go on? Are you going to go with that curly C from, from the 80s? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go with the block letter that he got uh, drafted with and played in the early 80s or, or the, uh, the current SOS? Do you have a pick? Oh, the curly C. That's okay. how I remember him. But, okay. you know, uh, uh, boy, was that was that difficult when he got traded in 89 for Sammy Sosa. That's, that's right. A whole, and that's a whole nother. Let's not even. Let's, <laughs> you know what? Good. I mean, good on Harold. And, yeah. Uh, he, Congratulations. Great guy and uh, looking forward to all the celebrations uh, this coming uh, season. So, uh, you know, you're, you're paying attention to some Harold stuff at the beginning of the week, and then you've got the winter meetings going on. And, and, and kind of surprise, surprise, re- really nothing in my mind was accomplished. Um, some c- conversations that are happened behind closed doors and the foundation is laid for some of these deals to, to go down uh, later this week, next week, next month. But for the Sox, it's, you know, they're in the conversation again. I, and all the people that know anything about anything – you know, Sox are like the top three for Machado. Sox are in the top three with Harper. They're having a meeting with them. Boris is, you know, in on the Sox. You know, a rebuilding team can still be going after superstars. Uh, so you know, well, let's get to that, you know, in a moment. But the thing that did happen is the Sox made a trade with, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They've got a new starting pitching uh, pitcher. Ivan Nova, uh, you know, a right-handed pitcher, spent some time with a few teams over the last few years. Uh, he's an innings eater. We need somebody to take over a big game, James Shields spot. Um, you know, we're still looking for that veteran anchor in, in, in this rotation, but that's a move that they made that I don't think they, they would have made necessarily if they're trying to step this up one year, if you know what I mean. If they thought they were still definitely one plus years out from competing, at least in the division, I don't know if they're making that that move. 
You know, they didn't lose anything, really. They're just going to have to eat some of his salary, which they have the money to do. Uh, I thought it was a good move by the Sox, and, you know, it's, it's good to have somebody that can, that can maybe get you 200 innings. We'll see. No, I think you're right. I think he rounds out that pitching rotation, and, you know, other than the – yeah, I mean, consistently he's, he's pitched a lot of innings – and he's even had a couple of complete games in mm-hmm, yeah. uh, in 16 and 17, which has kind of become a rarity the way managers oh, use their bullpens and just in general. And so, yeah, I think this guy is is a strong pickup. And, and like you said, you needed somebody to slide in and take that James yeah. Shields role of, hey, every fifth day you're going to go out there and win or lose, good or bad. Right. We're not going to have to dip into the bullpen – super right. early yeah and that's that's key i think there's still some bullpen arms that you know are out there there's a lot out there. there's kimbrell and, and britain and um miller and the Sox going to need some bullpen help but you know i'm glad they addressed some of their starting pitching help um you know there's also you know some he's got rumors. a good strikeout to walk ratio too yeah the guy knows what he's doing i mean it's not like a blow you over move but it was a smart move. I'm completely fine with it. Yeah. Um, now, the battery, okay, going to the catcher uh, situation, Sox are being, you know, rumored to uh, be in on some of these other uh, catchers. And, it, and Hans coming out now and saying, look, we got Castilla. I don't think Collins and um, Selby are, are, are ready. They're going to come up when they're ready. And right now we're looking at other options for our second catcher. We, we might be going after a backup. We might be in it for a, for a starter. Uh, Grandal's name has been mentioned, as we talked about a little bit off air. Um, that's interesting to have them being talked about uh, this week with the whole Harper and Machado. It's like they're also looking at catching, too. Yeah, and Grandal is a is a good player. I mean, he he's... He it'd seems be a like step he, in the right it would be, be a step in the right direction. Absolutely, it, exactly, absolutely. So, so it would be it would be another sign of I think we're ready. I think we're ready to compete in 2019, at least in our division. Uh, and I say it again. I said it, uh, you know, last episode with what Cleveland's doing in Detroit and Kansas City and where Minnesota's at. Why not in 2019? Why not at least say this could be our division? Yeah, you know? and, and I mean, he's got some decent pop on that bat too you know i mean he's he's 24 and 22 homers 27 homers uh over the the past three seasons so i mean decent batting average yeah Yeah. so if you can get a little of that and i mean catcher get somebody who can who can you know really help with that pitching staff framing pitches you know a, a bit of a veteran to communicate with a young staff which we have well and think of some of the guys he's caught uh, as oh, a sure. as yeah. as a Dodger, that's a good point. You know? I mean, the, that, the experience really of point. catching somebody like Kershaw. How does yeah. that translate to yep. to the White Sox? Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. So I, I'm going to be uh, you know following that closely. Uh, something that I kind of it wasn't really on my radar. I, we we talked a little bit about catchers, but I, I didn't really think too much about it when I started seeing these Grandal rumors uh, the last couple of days. Like, oh, all right, another thing that the Sox are in on. Right. Uh, Speaking about in and on everything, okay, we, we talked a lot last time on Harper Machado. Nothing, nothing, you know, came up really right. substantial right. except for more rumors. 
You know, Sox had an official meeting with Harper. Uh, they're one of the top three from Machado. Uh, the thing that I think we need to get, that's going to happen. Whenever that happens, that's going to happen. You know, I, we were being idealistic that it was going to happen during winter meetings, that those players were going to, you know, sign their mega deals with, with a team. That's just a fan wanting, you know, some closure to yeah. all of this. Yeah, right, right. The question is, is it a, is this a failure of, a, of an off season if we do not land Harper or Machado? Right, and that's what it's looking like right now. You see some yeah. of the rumors, you know, Bob rumors. Nightingale had tweeted that the White Sox have had meetings with both of them, but they don't view themselves as the favorites, right? Now, that doesn't mean anything, sure. but that doesn't certainly – You'd prefer the tweet said, and they see themselves as yeah. the favorite. So I don't know. I think that's a yeah. good question, right? And and it becomes somewhat to me about how you position it in your own mind, right? Yeah. So before before we knew they were players in this, we were comfortable with 19 being another year where you wanted mm-hmm. to see some progress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some steps up, yeah. knowing that. 20 was going to be the year, you know, 19 would be the year of Eloy playing a full year Mm -hmm. and blossoming as a major league baseball player and getting experience. And then all of a sudden 20 is the big deal. Then you come out of 18 into the, you know, the, the months before the hot stove starts heating up and you start hearing, no, maybe we're players. And then all of a sudden that changes your perspective on, on what's a successful off season, knowing even though knowing still in the back of your mind that both of those guys are long shots. Sure. Well, and that's just a White Sox mentality because we have no template. It's not like the, like we've signed these superstars in the past to mega deals. This has never happened. So it's still encouraging uh, for me to know that the Sox are – they've got the, the agent's ear. Um, they're able to – you know, promote their future, their farm system, their their money and their market, and, and players seem to be still listening. Whether it pans out in our favor, I don't know. I'm sure we'll be able to talk more about this next time. But it, it unfortunate, nothing like concrete happened, but exciting. They're still in in the conversation. So if you're sitting in your seats next year, next season, sure. and Bryce Harper is not patrolling the outfield, or Manny Machado is not in the infield. Mm-hmm. Are you going to feel okay about that? No, I'm going to be I'm going to be aggravated if no other deals were made and I'll probably be aggravated and frustrated hopefully for, you know, April and May uh, because of all the conversation that is being had. Right. We're all in on everybody. You know, we've got we've got this, we've got that. We 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 want these meetings with agents and players and we want to be in the discussion. Why why say any of that? If you're not going to really do it, and and maybe they offer them something, and and, and Harper and Machado turn it down, and we won't we won't know that. Okay, so not to not to pull in um, the dumpster fire that is the Chicago Bulls, but yeah. if I can just, <laughs> yeah. I've already I've already put stink on this episode yeah. just by just by <laughs> uttering the, mm. their 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 names, but to to make an analogy or or contrast against those pulse post. Jordan era bulls where, or even beyond that, where there was always this rumor that free agents didn't want to come to the bulls, right. For a variety of reasons. And the bulls were in on LeBron, the bulls were in on, you know, so-and-so and and they couldn't get them to come to, to, to Chicago. Is there, will you have that feeling coming out of this too, that, you know, if Harper chooses 
to go here or Machado chooses to go there and it's not a major market number one team and the money was there for the Sox. Are you going to feel that way? No, that- no. I'm going to feel that they wanted to win now. Okay. 100%. They wanted to go for a World Series in 2019. And I'll be the first one to say that that's not our plan. And I don't think Han's going to sacrifice or Reinsdorf's going to sacrifice for the long term. They're still in this for the long haul. However, if you can get a player like Harper and Machado to buy into your future yeah. and see what we have in – Triple A, double A, what we have in our farm system. And you see the money that we could be spending on more talent. If you have the right people whispering in your ear that this is a good thing, okay, you might not be winning right now, but in the 10 to 12 years, you're going to see a lot of success. You know, that, that's, that's what we're, we're pitching. And, and if they say, Machado and Harper say, you know what? We got that. Understand it, but we want to win now. Then I'm like, okay, because we can't offer you that right now. Yeah. Yep. So then I then I guess I'm okay. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll see though. You know, we right. will see. Um, we got uh, we got we got a couple other things, but you know, I'm those are just still teasers. I'm gonna wait on this Mankata to third thing. I'm gonna let this. <laughs> I'm going to let this thing really, this is going to be a slow burn. In the dead of February, we're going to need that. Yeah, well, we're going to have a whole show, show about Mankata to third. So I'm you know, going to keep teasing that. In, in, you know, hopefully <laughs> in February, we'll be talking about a very successful playoff run for the Bears. We can we can oh, chunk yeah. out a little episode yeah, for absolutely. that. absolutely. Exciting so, stuff. Yeah. Um, exciting stuff. Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, episode two of Good Guys uh, Talk Back, Jeff Julian. Uh, Nick Morawski, uh, we got to plug some music, man. Yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm in a band called Villains, yeah. and we have contributed our song, When Will Them Be Now, to the podcast, and that's what you hear in the open and the close, and you can find that at vaudevillains.bandcamp.com, and the spelling of Villains is V-A-U-D-E, V-I-L-E-I-N-S. Hmm. Like to make it simple. Hmm. Sure, right. So <laughs> that should really... <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to spell. That's why I've got that marketing uh, background, yeah. Nick. Well, uh, it sounds great, and I appreciate that. It uh, sure. really adds something to this. And uh, thanks again uh, for listening. Hopefully we'll hit you with another episode soon. Um, keep it blue collar, Jeff. Talk to you next week. All right, buddy.